The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Abortion can be a difficult subject to talk about. For those with personal experience, it may bring pain and can be hard to make sense of. Welcome to Life After Abortion with Michaeline Friedenberg and Skylar Christensen. On our program, we'll offer a safe place to begin the conversation about abortion and provide steps to start healing. Now, here's Michaeline and Skylar. Welcome, this is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. We are so glad that you have chosen to join us today. Mm-hmm. And we want to say right from the start um, that we recognize how difficult and painful the topic of abortion can be because so many of us have been impacted in a personal way. In fact, that's something that we've talked about a number of times. Um, we're told that about three out of 10 women by the time they're 45 will have at least one abortion in the United States. And then there's the men, the families family members and friends who are also often impacted as well. So we recognize that for so many of us, this brings up painful memories, uh, painful emotions. So we want to assure you that this is a safe place. This is a safe place. This is a place where we can enter a discussion. We can start a conversation. And we also want to say that certainly we recognize that everybody's experience is unique. Mm-hmm. And so everybody is welcome, just exactly where they're at. Uh, last week, Skylar, we were talking about the early days of grief, recognizing yeah. that there are some unique aspects to that in how overwhelmed a person can feel. Um, perhaps so overwhelmed it's difficult to function, or perhaps we just kind of numb things out so that we're able to move through the day. And we put some Safe Place tips up on that on our Facebook page, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Facebook.com slash creating a safe place. We talked about the the value, if you're wanting to help someone who's dealing with those early days of grief, of, of just encouraging them to take care of themselves. Some of those really basic things that we do to take care of ourselves throughout the day, they can be really hard when you're dealing with with that kind of grief. It's such a, a recent loss of things like just eating exercising, getting sleep, or or taking naps if you're having a hard time sleeping, those kinds of things. So we have that safe place tip posted on the Facebook page from last week. Yeah, wonderful. So we certainly invite you to to take a look at that. If you didn't get to listen to last week's episode, you you may want to. We Mm -hmm. shared some stories in there. And and I think that reminder again that although so many people are impacted, we often feel like we can't tell others about it. Mm -hmm. So we feel isolated and alone as we're going through these emotions. In fact, this morning, the story that was submitted anonymously to abortionchangesyou.com was from a woman who the abortion was three weeks ago for her. And she was just overwhelmed and described she did not expect that. So she expected something different. And now she has all these other feelings and she doesn't know what to do. And it's, it's likely that... She doesn't really have anybody to reach out to. 
So there are those who are going through those early days of grief, but what about those where maybe their experience was years ago, maybe even decades ago? I mean, there certainly is a uniqueness in there as well. And we are so happy to have with us Leslie Bernoulli. Um, We've invited her. She's going to be sharing her story. But then also we will be talking about that. What about when your abortion experience was years or decades ago and it continues to haunt you? Right, right. So just as an introduction to Leslie before she comes on, uh, Leslie has a master's in counseling. She's a leader for the Rachel's Hope Escondido After Abortion Healing Retreats. And she also does individual counseling on top of that. Wonderful. Leslie, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, um, Leslie, there, well, we appreciate you for so many reasons. Um, and certainly one of the things um, that I think is going to be so helpful for those who are listening is to, to hear personal stories. And we've been, I've shared a little bit of my story, and we have read anonymous stories, but I think that it's very special and very powerful to actually hear that from the person themselves. And so we're really grateful that you are willing to, to share some of your story with us. And could you, I guess, just, just fill us in. Uh, my abortion story um, began back in, okay, this is a long time ago, 1978. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, I was in college. Um, I was pro-choice. And I did not think that there was anything morally wrong or anything with having an abortion. That it was a woman's right to choose. Um, the slogan that I grew up with was, our body, our choice. And I believed that. Uh, I had a crisis pregnancy in college, and um, I knew where to go. I went to Planned Parenthood. Um, I didn't have any problem with that. I went in. um, Back then, you had to take a pregnancy test, and it it turned up positive. And um, they brought me in a little room and um, told me I was needed to have the abortion before a certain date because it was harder, but right now it was tissue and it would be um, not that invasive but I needed to get all my money together and to come back and I went back a week later with my two girlfriends and I was I was pretty brave I walked in I this is what I wanted um, I wanted to get on with my life they told me at Planned Parenthood that um, I could continue college if, with this choice and I could get on with my life and I believed that and um, my girlfriends drove me down there when I went in. I felt a little bit nervous, but this is something that I wanted. So um, I went in, and when I got on the table, I was a little bit scared. But again, I was not prepared for the emotions that were going on internally in me. And they started the procedure, and... um, I heard this voice as clear as I'm speaking to you guys right now, and it said, stop, Leslie, stop, you can't do this. And I was, I I didn't know what to do, what to think, because I could do that. I I thought what I was doing was the right thing, and it's what I wanted, and I didn't know where that voice come or why. And as I laid there on the table, I, um, 
couldn't stop it. It was too far into the procedure. And I remember the, um, I still get choked up talking about it, the sounds, mm-hmm. um, the feelings inside me. All of a sudden, I felt so alone. I have never in my life experienced that aloneness and that isolation I felt at that moment. And I knew something had happened to me. I didn't know what. I wasn't prepared for those feelings that I was having. And when the procedure was over, I got up and I went with my friends and we got in the car and we drove home and they said, are you okay, Leslie? And I said, oh, I'm fine. But I knew something had changed drastically in me. I didn't know what it was, but I knew these feelings were just intense. Well, we went home and laid on the couch and I still lived at home back then and my mom came home from work and I remember her saying, Leslie, you look a little pale, are you okay? And that was the start of me faking it and saying, yeah, I'm fine. I said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. But inside, I was a complete mess. I did not know who to call. I didn't know how to reach out to anybody. This was something that I wanted. I I was relieved I wasn't pregnant, but I I didn't know I was going to have all these feelings. Right. Leslie, Leslie, I'm wondering, um, thank you so much for that. It's a really difficult thing to to share, and it's it's interesting how um, it sounds like not that it was easy for you to do, but it sounded somewhat matter of fact, like this was your plan, and 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 you were going to carry through with it. I'm just curious when your girlfriends asked you if you were okay. Um, I'm just wondering why um, you didn't feel like you could share with them what was going on inside of you. Because it sounds like by that time you already maybe were a little shaken up or not quite feeling okay. Um, I was not quite feeling okay when I came out of there. And my girlfriends Mm -hmm. were all like me. We're the same mindset. We were all pro-choice. And I couldn't explain. I didn't even have words Mm -hmm. to explain Mm -hmm. what I was feeling. It was that overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I didn't even know how to explain what happened to me in there. Yeah, that 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 makes that makes a lot of sense. I just I, mm-hmm. I I wondered about that, and I think it's interesting because because your girlfriends in some way sounded like they perceived that maybe this was difficult for you, um, but I can completely understand that not even knowing how to explain it, um, and perhaps that just kind of wanting to wanting to get home. Um, so you were saying that with with your mom, she asked you as well. Um, and um, I, I'm assuming she didn't know that you were pregnant no, um, no, and had I, the abortion? I, I, no, I wanted to keep, it was going to be my secret. It was a big secret. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anybody to know. Very few people did. And again, there with the secret and then now the abortion, I thought I'm not going to tell anybody what happened in there because I didn't mm-hmm. really know what had happened to me. So I mm-hmm. began my, um, that night I went, home, after I was home, I went out and I drank. And that's how I pushed down the brand new emotions that I was feeling because I didn't know what they were. Alcohol numbed them. And that's how I got through. I would say probably the first six months after my abortion experience was drinking. And then I couldn't concentrate anymore. I, I just, I couldn't concentrate. I didn't, I, just the thoughts were too much for me. So I ended up dropping out of college. I, I couldn't keep up with the schoolwork, so I dropped out. And I thought to myself, what is wrong with me? I'm, I'm just going crazy. And I, I mean, I just remember not knowing what to do with myself or my thoughts or who to talk to. It was just too much. 
Wow. And that, and I think you had um, part of your reasoning for having the abortion was to continue with your schooling. Yes. And now you felt that you were unable to continue with it and had no idea what was going on. Exactly. And I went from being, you know, okay with myself to feeling like, oh, I don't feel good about myself at all. My self-esteem just was shot. I thought I was just crazy for having these thoughts and feeling depressed, for feeling isolated. I didn't want to talk to my friends anymore. I remember one time I, I was depressed, and I just didn't really realize how depressed I was. I remember it was so warm outside, and I had a sweater on because I felt cold. And mm. I just didn't know how to reach out to anybody. So I just did what I could, and I drank. And that mm. got me through the first six months. And then pretty soon I was able to kind of numb the feelings and, and whatever that was that had happened to me. And um, I thought, wow, I'm getting on with my life. You know, everything's okay. I, you know, I'm not mm. thinking about whatever that was. And I met this wonderful man, and we were going to get married. This was probably about two years later, and um, he was Catholic. So, I mean, I told him I had an abortion because I knew they were against it. I I didn't want to have any secrets, but I was still pro-choice at the time. And um, we got married, and we were pregnant pretty quick after we got married, and I was so excited. This is what I wanted. It wasn't a situation like before. This was a pregnancy. We're having a child. I bought the clothes and everything, and then the flashbacks started happening, and it happened so innocently from a friend. She had brought me a book to show what um, fetal development looked like. It was from life conception to life, you know, and it just showed the early stages, and I remember looking, I started from the back, because, you know, I wanted to see, because I was pretty far along, and when I got to the beginning of the book, and I saw the fetal development, I cried, and all those emotions came up, and I closed the book, and I thought, I can't do this, I'm pregnant, I cannot do this, and nobody was home at the time, but I remember just falling, and, um, I went into labor not too long after that, and I thought, well, I'm not even going to think about that because I put that book away. And then the flashbacks of the abortion procedure were with me when I was in this long labor, the table, laying on the table, the doctors, whatever, and I started having flashbacks. Wow, and Leslie, let's 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 stop there. Um, okay. It, wow, this is incredibly powerful. Um, let's pick this back up on after the break. Um, I'm sure that our listeners are, are going to okay. want to know kind of how your journey continued and how you found healing. Okay, perfect. All right, we'll be right back. Thank you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com. We are bombarded with information daily about happy life strategies, beauty products, and business success ideas. Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. Shelly will explore and recommend proven business ideas as well as show you how to use the law of attraction to create health, happiness, and a prosperous business. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune into Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email... Our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome back. This is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. We are so glad that you've chosen to join us today. And we have a very special guest with us, Leslie Bernoli. She has been sharing her story with us. And we recognize that listening to personal stories can in itself be very uncomfortable and painful. Mm -hmm. And so we thank you for journeying with us, knowing that everyone's experience is unique. But we also know there's there's a lot of similarities there as well. And one of the things that struck me, Skylar, when Leslie was sharing, is we've talked about that concept of disenfranchised grief, right? right? So you have this significant event that is not acknowledged culturally, and no one is giving you permission to grieve. And Leslie's saying, I felt crazy. I felt crazy. Where was all this coming from? Um, And then... You know, finding a way to, to cope not so healthy, but now getting into a happier part of her, her her life story there with marriage and then pregnancy. And she's delighted, but the pregnancy becomes a trigger. And then you were just describing to us um, your birth experience. Um, so if you could could continue with that. Um, so I, I was in labor for a long, long time, and it was emergency C-section, and I was horrified because I felt like, oh my gosh, this baby I want so much, but what about the one that I didn't want? And I felt like such a monster, a monster. And this went on, I went home, you know, and I, I just had to get myself back together. I, mean, I didn't know what was going on with me while I was having these flashbacks, and I went on to have three more pregnancies, and each pregnancy was a trigger. 
And then mm-hmm. at that time, when they had the sonograms back then, I couldn't look at them because I didn't want to see what the babies looked like in, in the womb. That was a big trigger for me now, so mm-hmm. I, I avoided that. And I even had two miscarriages after my fourth one, and the miscarriages were huge triggers for me because um, they were losses also that I felt like I couldn't mourn also, and it was all too much for me. And the only way that I could get through was it was just to numb it by just pushing it away. I got busy with taking care of kids and, and my husband and, you know, work, what, all of the stuff, running the house. And that kept me busy and busy and busy. But I could never listen to um, anybody talk about abortion anymore. I couldn't, I felt, I, I just felt like it would be too much for me. That so, It would be like a volcano that would just erupt. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know what it was, you know. Well, now I knew what it was now. But I wasn't able to face it. Right. On my own, by myself, and I didn't know where to go. I didn't know who to talk to. And it wasn't until, no kidding, about 13 years later, I finally went to a therapist because I said, I have it all. I've got a beautiful house, a beautiful family, a beautiful husband, but I feel awful about myself. And, you know, we started talking about, you know, it it took a while, but... um, And the abortion came out, but I didn't connect that with my low self-esteem. But he said, why don't you try a retreat that might be helpful and beneficial for you? Mm. So I went to a retreat, and boy, did that change my life for the first time. It changed my life going to that retreat because for the first time, I was with other women that said they felt crazy like me too, but we shared the similar experiences and feelings and thoughts, and that started me on my healing journey. It was incredible. Wow. And I am thinking, Leslie, at these, um, you know, you said each pregnancy was a trigger mm-hmm. and being unable to look at the sonogram. So at a time where for most people, this is such a joyous time um, and it um, and you had both. Obviously, it was joyous, but it was also painful. Um, and then ha- and then having those additional losses of losing um, children through miscarriage. Um, you know, I can only imagine um, what what that would be like and carrying that grief and you saying as well, and we've talked about that, that disenfranchised grief doesn't just apply to abortion. Mm-hmm. It often applies to other neonatal losses, such as miscarriage and even stillbirth. And so you were overwhelmed and you found a great therapist, which is wonderful, and then went to this retreat and you learned that you weren't alone. You weren't alone and you weren't crazy. And what you were going through was normal. Um, how wonderfully freeing. Um, after that retreat, you're talking about that weekend that changed your life. What did the healing process look like after that retreat? Well, the, the number one thing for me was, hey, I wasn't alone and I wasn't crazy. These were valid feelings that I had and a lot of other women had them also. And, you know, as a group, none of us there had known what to do with them. And by sharing the stories, I was pretty tough at that time. I didn't cry. You know, I was pretty tough. But I could watch one woman share her story, and and I could cry for her story. And then it gave permission for me to finally release those deep tears I had inside of me. So just Mm -hmm. hearing the stories helped me. 
Wow. So, so hearing other people's stories mm-hmm. was, um, and as you said, gave you permission to grieve, gave you permission to release this. Was there additional work or what did the process look like after the retreat? Um, after the retreat, I learned that I had a lot of triggers that would be triggering me probably for the rest of my life, but I learned how to deal with them. For example, mm-hmm. I learned in March I was always depressed. I still get blue in March. Well, at the retreat, I realized that was the month that I had had the abortion. So in mm-hmm. March, all, every March, for pro- I can, can't tell you for how long, I hate the month of March. I never understood why. So now I do know. So now March, I do really good things for myself. You know, I, I take care of myself, and I don't go down that depression path because I know what it is. It was a trigger. So just learning about different triggers and learning how to work through them and and allowing myself to grieve with the other women was probably one of the most beneficial things that I've, I've probably mm-hmm. ever done. Right. So, so that self-awareness and, yeah. and being able to, as you said, make the connections and identify what the triggers are. And I love how you explain it because you're not telling us that your, your goal was to get rid of the triggers. You're saying it was in understanding them yeah. that you were then able to figure out, okay, so what do I do to lean into it? Um, and to to counteract it and to treat yourself in a way um, that would bring about positive things rather than the negative things. I think that's something really important. Sometimes we think we want to eliminate everything, like that's our goal, and yet sometimes it's not, that's not even the way to do it. It's as you're saying in the, there's freedom in knowing, and then you're able to practice different things um, in those situations. Correct, correct. So, I, you know, I, I like to be aware, and now that I'm aware, I know how to counter if I'm going to feel, go down that path of, oh, what did I do? Oh, I feel bad. You know, I, I mean, now I, I know what, you know, I have things that I can do, and that, that was a big help. Self-care was a big thing I learned, a big mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And so um, we... Skylar had shared when he was introducing you that you are a retreat leader now. When when did that occur? I believe I became a leader about five years, maybe less, after a retreat because I needed to do a lot of healing and I needed to do a lot of... Because I had avoided the subject of abortion and, and anything, I hadn't even looked at pictures of prenatal, you know, I had to be able to look at a lot of things and to be okay in a lot of things before I could become a leader. And um, it took a long time just to, you know, walk the journey, and, and, and I had a great therapist who helped me along the way, and um, finally I became a leader, and... I love it because it's, for me, a calling to help other women learn to feel better and to be able to move forward. Like your little, um, I love in your book that you have the, the healing is not a, from point A to point B. It's got a lot of circular, tight circles, big yes. circles. To learn that and to realize that's, that's how it's going to look is very helpful, and I like to help women through that process. Absolutely. So, 
So that's wonderful. Describing again that it, it is a journey. We know everyone's timeline is going to be different. Uh-huh. It's going to be, it will be unique. And um, healing isn't something that you necessarily get to in end point, um, but it's a way that we live. Um, that brings us to a place of health. And so um, how long have you been leading the retreats, Leslie? Oh, my goodness. Uh, over 10 years I've been doing off. Now I took oh, wow. off for a while um, to go back to because I did go in. Finally, I went back to school and got my bachelor's mm-hmm. and my master's. So I, I finished okay. what I had begun way long ago. And um, mm-hmm. I just want to continue helping men and women. I, I think it's important to um, hear the stories and to to find a safe place and to explore those feelings that probably weren't safe to come out for a long time, but to help them come out. Wonderful. This is this is so amazing. I'm having over a decade now an experience of leading these retreats and helping others. And how wonderful that you were able to go back and complete what you had started and just kind of complete that circle. And now you're helping others. So when we come back from the break, we'd like to talk a little bit more about, um, I'm sure there are listeners who are thinking, Wow, this sounds wonderful, but I have no idea what a, what what a retreat would look like. And right. so when we come back, let's have you describe to us what that retreat looks like. Maybe talk about a few specific exercises and things that individuals will do, knowing, of course, that there are a variety of different healing resources that are available. We've talked about a number of them on our show, and we'll continue to do that. Um, Knowing that one size doesn't fit all, but for many, um, or at least for some, um, a weekend-style retreat, um, I myself went to one, and it was extremely beneficial, um, is certainly something to know more about for either ourselves, or maybe there's somebody else in our life that we're thinking about who maybe could benefit from that. Um, If anyone has a question or a comment, please feel free to communicate with us. You could email us at contact at abortionchangesyou.com. That's contact at abortionchangesyou.com. And we will keep that, um, you know, something that would be confidential unless you wished us to share it. Another way that you can communicate with us is through Facebook. Facebook, right? And that's facebook.com slash creating a safe place. You can leave us comments there or leave us messages and uh, we'll get back to you with that. Wonderful. So stay with us and we'll continue to hear more about this amazing healing resource of Weekend Retreat. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7 and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com. 
Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandrabali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome back. This is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. We are so glad that you have chosen to join us today. And please be assured, um, although this is a difficult topic, this is definitely a safe place. And we have had the honor of having Leslie Brunoli on our show today, sharing with us her personal story, her personal experience with abortion, and the 13 years of of pain at varying times and varying levels that she went through until she was able to reach out to a therapist who then recommended a weekend retreat and we got to hear how life-changing that retreat was for Leslie. So Leslie, we're so glad that you're here and you were sharing with us that you have now over a decade of experience leading retreats. And so we're hoping that you could describe for our listeners what a a healing retreat would look like. Um, A healing retreat would look like, well, for us, our model is um, the women, and we keep it very um, small, about six is top. Um, because of the nature and the exploring of feelings and telling of stories, it's better that it's a small group. Uh, we do the whole weekend where the women spend the night. They spend Friday night, Saturday night, and go home Sunday. Um, we do a lot of self-care at the retreat. We just help the women feel good about their bodies. We feed them good food and nutrition and um we do a lot of journaling, but the most important part is to be able to share the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's hard for the women. And um, the interesting thing is most of the women that come to our retreats, not all, but most have had an abortion at least five to seven years ago. So they're not like just in the year. We've had some, but most are, it's been a while. And they have a real hard time even describing it, um, what they were feeling. And 
So the retreat, we have different things we do to help them to get in touch with that experience and to explore the feelings. Um, one of the ones that we use is out of um, your book, Change, that is phenomenal. It has um, all the words listed, and you can circle what you're feeling. So we have the women circle a word, what they think pertain to their abortion experience experience and then we have them journal on it or we we discuss it and it's amazing what comes out Uh, i remember one of the words that came out was betrayed so we talked about what does betrayed mean and it got the whole conversation started and they realized a lot of them that they had losses and you know they felt betrayed by this and it just opened up the discussion and opened up areas that they could journal on and that they could heal from. So we do things like that. Um, We really get in touch with anger because underneath a lot of the pain is anger that they've never expressed, whether it be at themselves or others. And um, we do a lot of letter writing. We do a lot of things where they can touch it, feel it, and let go of it. Um, I think that's important. It, I mean, somebody can tell you, oh, you've been forgiven, or you should feel this way, but sometimes you have to walk through it, feel it, touch it, and we give them the tools and meditations to do that. And by the time they go home Sunday, they've really come together as a group. They have a support group now where they can talk to, and, if, you know, if they want to talk about more, if they want to share with each other. So it's a good weekend that is solid. It's based on hope. It's based on um, forgiving yourself, forgiving others, uh, getting in touch with those feelings. We do a lot for the whole weekend. It, it, it's, the women are so courageous, but they leave. They come in Friday nervous, but they leave Sunday just full of hope and, and healing is the only way I can explain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and I can, this is one, um, Leslie, that I can definitely personally relate to. Um, I, myself, that was the beginning for me of, of my healing journey, or really significant step in it, was going to a healing retreat. And I recall from your story that you were sharing with us earlier that one of the reasons that you avoided anything that had to do with the topic of abortion is because you felt like it would just erupt and you didn't know like what would happen. And I had some similar, um, it, the trigger was different, but I had this sense of like, if I look at this, I'll either erupt or I'm going to lay down in bed and never get up again. <laughs> and so um, actually for me, and that's retreats are not for everybody, but I know for myself, part of why the retreat and I had to kind of be I was definitely encouraged by someone a lot um, nudging me to do this. But I realized that a retreat sounded better to me because I could go away Friday to Sunday. And if it did erupt, I was in a safe place and I didn't have to put it all back together again to like right. go to work the next day or, you know, to, to do the next thing. And so I knew I had this period of time where I could melt down if I needed to um, and would conceivably be able to put it back together. And I remember, as you did, um, hearing other stories and knowing I wasn't alone was just, it was so freeing. It was so you know, my eyes were opened. It was, it was amazing in that. Um, 
and the things that you learn. You talked about the anger. And um, in the retreat that I went to, I went one as a similar model, but a little bit different. And we were to write a letter to the person we were angry with. And what was so fascinating is that I imagined that I was angry with my ex-boyfriend and that I was angry with the abortion provider and the staff. But when I wrote that letter, my anger was at me. I was so angry with myself. I hated myself. Mm -hmm. And, And I was shocked because I didn't realize that until I actually had the space and needed to write something down on paper and how important that was because without that knowledge it was going to be pretty hard to move forward with anything after that. And so, um, you know, I left, not with everything all back together, but it was like I had a roadmap, and we actually had some clues now on, like, which way to, to move forward. So I just wanted to share that because as you're, as you're um, sharing, I'm remembering my own experience going to um, a weekend retreat um, I heard you talking a number of times about about forgiveness, and that's that's interesting to me because in many of the stories that are sent in to us, there seems to be this common theme. In fact, I mentioned a story at the beginning of this episode of a woman who wrote in th- uh, her abortion was three weeks ago, and she ended her very short narrative with saying, can I ever forgive myself? Mm-hmm. And, and then you can insert whomever. There's different you know, um, things that we're wanting forgiveness for. Um, but that's something that you say that is addressed there at the retreat. Oh, definitely, because that's probably one of the most important things. We have a lot of women that come to our retreats, and it is Catholic um, or Catholic-friendly, but they'll say that they've been to a priest and they've confessed the sin over, over and over and over, or... They'll just say, I don't feel like I've forgiven myself. And we talk a lot about how to do that, what that looks like. And a lot of times it's because they haven't done the grief work. They have those feelings stuck inside still. And, of course, you're not going to heal if you still got all that darkness. I call it darkness when you don't know what it is. But when you bring out the feeling like you talked about, like anger, you can talk about it. You can address it. And then you can say, hey, yeah, I have anger. You know, okay. And that's how it starts, uh, the healing part of it. And forgiveness of self is, a lot of it is self-awareness. Wonderful. So you mentioned that this is something that is Catholic or or Catholic-friendly. What what exactly does does that mean? Um, Well, we have the Mass, of course, and we have um, women are able to go to confession if they want. But we're also Catholic-friendly. You don't have to partake in that. Healing is healing. Um, we still have all the exercises that you do and whatnot, and, and God is part of it, so we believe that God is helps with the healing process. So the women that come to our retreats usually has a, a relationship with God, and, and they want to work on themselves and, and the healing part of it. Um, it's open to anybody who would like to come. Um, we welcome everybody, and um, it works for them also. 
Wonderful. So, so it's sounding that for someone who would say their faith tradition is Catholic, um, that this would definitely be something to seriously consider. But for others who maybe are from a different faith tradition, but feel like they would still be comfortable in this context, that this is available and open for them as well. And I, I do want to mention on abortionchangesyou.com, we've talked about the Fine Help directory. And we right. do have Rachel's Hope, which is there's uh, different locations in San Diego County that are available so people can search for that Um, and although Rachel's Hope is here in San Diego County and I say here because we happen to be headquartered as well our organization here um, but we do know that there are others who do provide the service Rachel's Vineyard comes to mind um, and and then there are other groups that are of different denominations and then perhaps those that do not come from a specific faith background that are available as well. So someone can search for that in the Find Help directory of what makes sense in their area. I've even had someone share with me, I was uh, speaking in St. Louis, and they um, it was a group there that offers retreat styles similar to this, and they had said that people do contact them off of the website, and sometimes because of concerns for confidentiality, obviously you guard their confidentiality Um, but sometimes they're concerned somebody else may see them and sometimes they'll even drive they'll drive a distance uh, several Mm -hmm. hours Mm -hmm. to go somewhere so just want to bring that up so when we come back from the break um Let's let's wrap this up a little bit and talk about a safe place tip. I think for those who, like you, Leslie, it was a longer period of time um, before you actually began the healing process on that. I'd also like to mention, uh, thank you again, Leslie, for sharing your story and let our listeners know that next week we are going to be joined by a gentleman, um, Brad Brad Matus, and he is going to be sharing his personal story as well as some of the unique aspects of the male experience around grief. Sometimes that's something with a a reproductive loss that we tend to focus, if we focus at all, we tend to focus so much on the woman that the man is often like left out of this. And so we think it's going to be really important to have Brad join us on next week's show. In the meantime, if you want to connect with us, please do that at contact at abortionchangesyou.com. And like us on Facebook at Facebook slash creating a safe place. Wonderful. Well, when we come back, we'll be wrapping up with our safe place tip for the week. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com. 
Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome back. This is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. We are so glad that you have joined our conversation today and that you have been here for this really special program where Leslie Bernoulli has shared with us her story, a really, a really painful journey, an unexpected reaction to the abortion that she felt at the time um, was just kind of the logical thing to do in her situation. And the path that that led her on, um, not all of it negative. There was a wonderful marriage and children in there, um, but also continuing to be haunted. And about 13 years after the experience, reaching out to a therapist who was able to help her make the connection between, as she said, her low self-esteem and some of the depression that she dealt with and the abortion experience, and then recommending that she go to a weekend retreat. And we got to hear about this wonderful resource of a weekend retreat, a safe place that someone could go to from a Friday night to a Sunday afternoon. And certainly not everything gets wrapped up in one weekend, but as Leslie described to us for her, it was life changing. I know for myself, it was life changing as well. And I hear that from so many others, knowing that one size doesn't fit all. A weekend retreat isn't going to be for everyone. But for those who are, you can find retreats in your area by going to abortionchangesyou.com and clicking on the Find Help page there. So, Leslie, thank you again for just being vulnerable with us and sharing your story with our listeners of of the hurt um but then also the the hope and the healing and now you're now you're offering that hope and healing to so many others and so as we're wrapping up the show i'm wondering um are there any other thoughts that you would like to leave with our listeners um yes um sometimes somebody who's older who's had an abortion they might not be that savvy yet on the computer you know i mean it's nice to say go with the fabulous <laughs> but it's nice sometimes to hand them something also like your little mm-hmm. pamphlet changed it's something they can slip in their purse 
They could look at it later in, in the privacy of their home. And it, I, that is an excellent tool to, to kind of springboard somebody into healing if they're not savvy on the computer yet. You know, a lot of us aren't that great yet, but... We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that that is a really good point to bring up. And certainly if yeah. somebody was interested in either the booklet changed or the bigger book changed, um, making sense of your own or a loved one's abortion experience, the changed book can be purchased on Amazon. The changed booklet, if someone wanted to email us, we can direct them to where they can get that. You can email us at contact at abortionchangesyou.com. So thank you, Leslie. It's very gratifying to hear <laughs> that you find that to be a really helpful resource um, for others. Um, and, and would you, I was thinking, Leslie, as you were sharing your story, that, and we talk about that concept of disenfranchised grief. And so for you, you were describing that about 13 years after your experience, when you're listening to the stories of other women, you finally had the validation and you were given permission to grieve. And so even though it was 13 years afterwards, in many ways, your grieving process was starting right then. Would you say that that's true? Yes. And it seems to me when whatever you've had the abortion experience, maybe you were 17, you might be 50 now. The emotions around that may be of a 17-year-old. So you might be very mm-hmm. articulate, but, but when you go to describe the situation, you've tapped it all off, you know, blocked it off, so that 17-year-old, that's the language and vocabulary is coming out. That's why your words are so fantastic in the emotional uh, description of what you're feeling. It's, it's perfect. Mm, that, wow, that is, that's really a great point, that we might be emotionally, psychologically stuck in, in around that experience back mm-hmm. in that time, and so we shouldn't be making assumptions um, right. about that. Um, and and I, I'm really glad our listeners are hearing that as well because I don't want someone to be discouraged who's feeling mm-hmm. like it was so long ago and why why is this still bothering me? That is normal. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone's timeline is is unique, but it's it's very likely that that you may not have been given permission to grieve or right. you haven't had the benefit if you're feeling stuck. Maybe you haven't had the benefit of connecting with someone who can help you to figure out those places where you're stuck um, so that you can move forward. There's always hope um, and there's always time to, to continue journeying on that healing process. Absolutely. Oh, Leslie, thank you. It's been so great to have you here on the show. Um, and certainly, as we said, um, the important healing retreats, um, and specifically the one that Leslie leads through Rachel's Hope and Escondido, is listed in the Find Help directory, or you could call into the show or email for that information. We have Brad on with us next week to share from a male experience. And then just in our closing minutes, we wanted to, to share kind of as a wrap up to what we've been talking about, our safe place tip for the week, which would really be on that person who their experience was long ago. Last mm-hmm. week, we talked about those early days of grieving. But for those who it's been years, uh, Leslie was saying many of the women are coming, it's an average of five to seven years ago for the healing retreat. Um, and certainly what comes to mind for me, I think, is um, being able to do those things of expressing to that person that they are not alone mm-hmm. and that what they are going through is normal. 
It is normal. Um, and, and everyone's timeline is going to be unique for them. I think sometimes people feel like it's so long ago they get discouraged or they're embarrassed. Um, and really, this is, it's, it's normal. Right. They might feel like their time to start the healing process has already come and gone when that's just not true. Absolutely not. Um, that process will start, and really, it will start when you're able to as well. I think we've talked a bit in the past about there's the disenfranchised grief, so perhaps someone hasn't acknowledged the reality of your loss. Perhaps you haven't been given permission to grieve. Or perhaps there's been so many other things going on in your life that you simply didn't have the emotional bandwidth to go there. Leslie had talked about that, about feeling like it's going to explode. I talked about feeling like I'd lay down and never get up again. So um, give yourself lots of grace and treat yourself kindly. Um, It may be that you, it just wasn't the right time. But maybe now is the right time. Maybe is now, now is the time to do that. And we can keep that in mind with somebody else. And Leslie, I think you were um, talking to us on the break and saying that if you're concerned about someone who's had an abortion in the past, that perhaps a way to bring up the discussion would be to actually bring use this radio program, this particular episode, as a springboard and just say that you heard the show. And you heard Leslie sharing her story, and it was a long time ago. It was a long time before she began the healing process, and that made me think about you. And I'm wondering, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? And bringing that up. And then I think, Leslie, you also said being able to describe to them, if it's appropriate, um, what a healing retreat may look like, that that could Mm -hmm. be a possible place for them to go. Correct. Right. Wonderful. Well, again, um, thank you, Leslie, so much for being on the show. Thank you for what you do for others. Um, And we'd like to invite our listeners to join us next week when Brad will be joining us and sharing from a male experience. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another edition of Life After Abortion next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, we're here to help you.